John chapter 5, we're picking up in verse 16. But in the earlier part of the Gospel of John, in verses 1, uh, we have Jesus finding a man at the pool of Bethesda who is infirmed. He's been handicapped, and he's been laying there by the pool many years, but he's had this handicapped condition for 38 years. That's a lifetime. And Jesus finds this man, and he asks him, Do you want to be made well? The man could have said yes, but he doesn't. He's, uh, he gives an excuse for why he isn't well. And he says, I have no one to put me into the pool when the angel stirs the water. Jesus tells him, uh, take up your bed and walk. Jesus heals him instantaneously and tells him to take up his bed and walk. And with that statement, the emphasis in this story changes from a healing to doing work on the Sabbath. Jesus knows that his command to this man to take up his bed and walk will personally offend the religious leaders of Jerusalem. It will offend the scribes. It will offend the rabbis and the Pharisees. And they're all going to be upset at Jesus telling this man to carry his bed and Jesus does it anyway. The healed man, the man that has been infirmed, he was fearful of the Jewish leaders. And I don't think he was a man of much character. When you read the story, uh, it, it's got some spots in there where you doubt his uh, heart. And he blames Jesus for carrying his bed, he said, Jesus told me to take up my bed and walk. And now we go behind the scene into the evil heart of the Jewish leaders, those religious leaders in their evilness of mind and heart. And in John five sixteen, we read, For this reason... The Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. The Jewish leaders, they persecute Jesus. And not only do they persecute him, they seek to kill him. Because Jesus broke their interpretation of the law of observing the Sabbath. In their minds, they had this sort of figured out, and Jesus has broken what they considered the Mosaic law. The Jews had taken the rest on the Sabbath out, and they have turned the rest into a heavy burden. What kind of burden? Well, the Sabbath laws were burdensome. The Jews had so distorted the law of the Sabbath that no one could keep the law. For example, I love these examples. 
you could only walk two miles on the Sabbath from your house. So to get around this, they would tie a string to their door, stretch that string out however far, and then you had two miles from the end of the string to walk. Okay. You weren't allowed to spit into the dust. That was considered plowing. The dust would separate and puff up, and that was considered plowing. You couldn't spit in the dust. Today, if you go to Israel, the elevators go from floor to floor, stopping at each floor, because if you got on the elevator and pushed the button, say, to the fourth floor, that was work. So the elevators go automatically floor to floor where you don't have to push a button that says fourth floor or whatever. This healed man is carrying his bed and it's an attention-grabbing behavior that Jesus told him to do. Him carrying his bed infuriates the religious leaders. They can't handle this. And their reaction is to persecute Jesus. So they begin to throw verbal insults at him. Not only insults, they're so bent up in their hate of Jesus that they want to kill him. And they want to kill Jesus for doing a good and noble work that happened to be on the Sabbath. Killing Jesus because he healed a man that has been infirmed 38 years. And this healed man, he's quick to point to Jesus as the one who told him to take up his bed and walk. I have a question. Why does this man only point to working on Sabbath versus pointing out that Jesus has healed him? Shows you his character a little bit. He does not, this healed man does not have a thankful heart, a rejoicing heart, even though Jesus has healed him. Jesus finds this healed man in the temple and tells him, go and sin no more. This indicates that his infirmities was a result of his sin, result of his behavior. And to sin no more meant that he could bring a worse condition upon himself And it's a sober warning by Jesus, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. But Jesus continues, and he has an answer. He has a word to say to those who wanted to kill him. And we pick that up in verse 17 and 18. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making himself equal to God. 
Jesus is saying, my father works and I also work. And this only angers the Jewish leaders. And they seek all the more to kill Jesus. Not only is Jesus breaking their Sabbath laws, he's calling God his father. And this, in their mind, makes Jesus equal to the father because he's the father's son. And Jesus isn't holding back. And he continues in verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he wills. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. Jesus begins and he says, most assuredly, or give me your attention, you the leaders of the people. And he says, as God's son, I only do what I see my father doing. And he says, God the father loves the son and shows me the son all the things that he does. I'm in fellowship with my heavenly father. And I will do greater works than these. Greater works than the healing of the man by the poolside there. The healing of the infirm man for 38 years. I will do greater things than these. And I will do such great things that you will marvel. God the Father raises the dead. and gives them life. Even so, the Son gives life to whom he wills. And in verse 22, all judgment of life God has given to Jesus the Son. We have the Godhead in agreement here and the giving of life. And the giving of life is done in a creative way. We read in Scripture how carefully and wonderfully we are made. We were formed by God in our mother's womb. We are God's highest creation because God made us in His image. This judgment of life given to Jesus, well, it doesn't sit well with the religious Jews. And it's interesting that one of the surest ways for one of us to find out if a person is teaching truth or not, or to identify a cult movement, is what do they do with Jesus? That's the quickest way. Some cults make Jesus... A prophet, a wise teacher, a man beyond his years, a, a, a future thinking type person. 
I had a Muslim man begin to expound to me the similarities when he found out I was a pastor between Christianity and the Muslim religion. And he says to me, even in the Quran, Jesus is mentioned. And he goes on and on. And I had one question for him. I said, Jesus claimed to be God. Do you believe this? He had to admit, no, he did not believe that. And for the Muslims, Jesus is not God. He's a prophet. And my reply to him was very simple. That's the difference. For we Christians base our entire belief system on the fact that Jesus is God. And you Muslims don't. In verse 23, we read that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Let me read that again. It's profound. All should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. God the Father wants all people to honor Jesus, his Son. And if you do not honor the Son, you cannot honor the Father who sent him. That's simple. That is straightforward. Jesus couldn't have been more plainly spoken about the whole Godhead. He couldn't have been more clear about himself being God. The Jewish leaders of that day, they reject Jesus. Therefore, they reject and do not honor God the Father that they claim to honor. And the whole, their whole Jewish belief system is based upon the worship of God the Father, i.e. the Shema. The Shema is that famous Jewish saying, the Lord our God is one, and so forth. And this saying, this belief, keeps the Jews from honoring Jesus. And it keeps them apart from God the Father. Do not think for a moment that the Jewish religion is a religion that honors God, not according to Jesus. He says, if you don't honor me, you don't honor the Father. That is simple. In John 5, 23, all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. There you, there you have it. We, we love to claim our Judeo-Christian background. The Jews do not honor God the Father because they do not honor Jesus. Now, you hate to say it that plain, but it's that plain. It's that simple. The first half of honoring the Father brings on the second half 
that says, He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Plain and simple. Now, there are those who say, well, Jesus never really claimed to be God. Yes, he did. The Jewish leaders seek to kill him. Why? Because he claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed that the works he does, he sees the Father doing. And he's doing it when? And he's doing it on Sabbath. So Jesus is, he's throwing so much at them that their reaction is to hate him and to try to kill him. But let's continue in our discourse here with Jesus. And notice how Jesus said, most assuredly, in the next verse we will read. We'll read 24 through 30. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Here it is again. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, he has also granted the Son to have life in himself. And he's given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus couldn't have been more plain to this Jewish leadership group that he's talking to. The first, most assuredly, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. There is no judgment for those who believe that Jesus is God's son sent by God. No condemnation there. But that person, they have passed from death to life. That is, if you believe with your heart and you believe truly. Now, to believe according to Scripture, and a lot of people um, really don't take this to heart, to believe according to Scripture is not to give mental assent or agree mentally or pondering a situation and agreeing with the truth that's in that situation. To believe in Scripture means to trust in and rely upon. Do you trust in and rely upon Jesus? Do you have a believing lifestyle that changes your life? This type of belief in Jesus speaks of a changed life. You cannot say you believe in Jesus and continue in your old sinful ways. 
there has to be a change here. In verse 25, when Jesus uh, descended into Hades after dying on the cross, he preached to the dead. Those that had died before him. And we read that the graves were opened and believers came forth. And that's in Matthew 27, 50 through 53. Let me read it for you. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earthquake and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep or were dead were raised. And coming out of the grave, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. We see here in Matthew that the graves upon Jesus' resurrection were opened. And it's verified here again in John's passage how the Father has, in, has life in himself and the Son has life in himself. Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. Another term for the Son of God. Jesus spoke of the graves being opened and those who had died hearing and listening to his voice. And Jesus closes this discourse with how he issues judgment. His judgment is righteous. For Jesus judges not out of his own will, but the will of the Father who sent him. He who believes and trusts in Jesus has passed from judgment into life. If you believe, you don't have to worry about being judged. If you truly believe and have given your life to the Lord, you have passed out of judgment to come. And you've passed into life i.e. you have been born again. So consider these. Here we are starting a new year shortly, Tuesday, and we want to start the year believing, trusting, realizing that Jesus is Lord, he is God, and that he has given us life. The Son can give life, and the Father can give life, and we have life because we believe in the Son of God that the Father sent. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. We're starting a new year. I don't believe in New Year resolutions. I only break them. Uh, but determine in your heart that 2019 will be a year, a year that's lived for Jesus, that recognizes Jesus as Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we pray that by your Spirit you would do a work in our hearts where we understand and realize the goodness of Jesus, 
realize that he is our Savior. He is our Lord and God, and that he loves us, and that he gives us life if we would just come to him. Come believing. Just that simple act of believing changes our destiny. We go from being condemned to having life, eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for making the plan of salvation so simple, so straightforward. It's just a matter of a believing heart. So, Lord, take our hearts, take the confessions of our mouth, and do a work in our hearts and lives that we may glorify you this coming year. We thank you for 2018. Lord, it's been a, a year of grace where you've just shown us grace, and we thank you for that. But we pray 2019 would be a year where we, we along with you, you said we would do greater works than these. And Lord, we can only do those works through you. So help us to do great works of belief, of belief in you, Jesus. Do this good work, and we pray and ask this in Jesus' name.